The RRJ's annual print magazine will be coming out with a new issue on April 6th. For the first time, you can subscribe to the magazine online at rrj.ca. The new issue will be filled with features that critique and celebrate Canadian media, from a profile of the Aboriginal People's Television Network to exploring the challenges of freelance work. We also post weekly stories on media at rrj.ca. The best long-form journalism involves a lot of red ink, and the corrections, cuts, and decisions made by reporters and editors often go unseen by the public. Our job is to dissect their choices. We are the markup. In the summer of 2015, I felt like uh, I couldn't get through a week without ending up in a conversation with somebody about how the quote-unquote system was failing sexual assault victims. Robin Doolittle is a reporter at the Globe and Mail. This was, you know, maybe six, seven months after the Gomeshi story broke. Uh, you know, we'd be, we were watching the fall of Bill Cosby. The Hunting Ground documentary came out earlier that year. It just seemed like a topic people were talking about a lot. She spent 20 months digging into how police services across Canada handle sexual assault investigations. You know, I'm on the Globe's investigative team, and, you know, we're always kind of looking at where is a good place to spend our time because um, these investigations take a really long time, so you want them to be worth it in the end. And, and I was just kind of thinking, this is so interesting, like people have been complaining about how the system treats sexual assault victims forever, but it's so hard to actually see any change. So much of the discussion focuses on anecdotal stories. Doolittle describes how her investigation began. So I was trying to think, like, is there something that we could get at here that would be tangible, that you could point to, that you could look at and, and bring about some change? And so I started doing some research, and I came across pretty early on this study from a University of Ottawa prof uh, and lawyer named Blair Crew and um, uh, a researcher, Teresa Dubois. And they had looked into this thing called unfounded rates. Um, for sexual assaults. And I had never heard of this before, uh, but basically the, the Coles Notes version is that when police finish a sex assault investigation or any criminal investigation, they give it a code to signify what happened in that investigation. And one of those codes means we've charged somebody. One of those codes means um, you know, we had enough evidence or, or we didn't have enough evidence to lay a charge. And one of those codes means we've done an investigation and we don't think that this sex assault happened. There was no crime. Um, the accusation is baseless and that is called unfounded. I, I interviewed a lot of rape crisis center uh, officials and different people outside of Ontario who actually had not heard of this, uh, the same as me or had a misunderstanding of what unfounded is. Because it is, some people kind of conflate the two. Like, it's not the same thing as there's not enough invest, or there's not enough evidence to go to court. This is, the cop has said, this did not happen. Doolittle says unfounded rates for sexual assault are much higher than for other types of crimes. Her next step was to find data on how many sexual assaults are labeled this way. She started with Statistics Canada. But they don't collect or release unfounded statistics. Doolittle says police services told her to call StatCan. That led her to file freedom of information requests in June 2015. And so slowly over the next, you know, six, seven, eight months, I started getting responses back from police services. 
And in February, uh, February, March-ish, 2016, was when we sat down with the editors and I was like, this is what this is. This is what an unfounded rate is. This is why this is interesting. And everyone was kind of really shocked that this was happening, that no one, no one had heard about this, like me. And we decided that if we were going to do this, we should do the entire country. So that's when it kind of ballooned. And then from then on, I've only been doing the unfounded story. So it's been about a year of nonstop reporting, um, but the actual project has gone back 20 months. Many of those months of work were just devoted to the data collection alone. Doolittle sent 250 FOI requests to get the unfounded rates from across the country. In Canada, there are 1,119 police jurisdictions and about 180 police services in total. One of the biggest challenges was just figuring out where to send these FOI requests to. Police services in very tiny little towns across Canada. How do you figure out, you know, where those are and then their address? Some of these places, like truly, I struggled so hard finding an ad, like finding a person or an address to send the request to. So that was like one of the big challenges early on is figuring out a way to how do you stay on top of, you know, a couple hundred freedom of information requests. And so I developed a very like elaborate <laughs> Excel spreadsheet, um, color coded and yada yada and updating la la la. And then the other challenge though was as we, as anyone who's dealt with the system knows, it's very arbitrary. Like some police services wanted, me, wanted the globe to spend like $1,300 on this information, and other police services of similar size would quote $15 or $30 or $60 or $120. And you know, you kind of have to um, establish what you're going to pay because if the Globe had paid $1,300 to every single police service, we would not have been able to do this. Once the Globe collected and analyzed the data, they followed up with interviews from scholars, criminologists, and sexual assault advocates to provide further insight. All these components came together to tell the story behind unfounded statistics, a term many readers had likely never heard of before Doolittle brought it to their attention. The Globe also produced an interactive map that allows users to see how many cases were unfounded in their city. There is, in addition to the you know ten thousand word like story itself, there is a, a lookup tool. So anyone can go on the Globe's website, type in their community or their police service, and see what the unfounded rate is in their community. Like one of the things I was really excited about is that this is like truly Canadian. You know, Toronto Police have uh, are by no means a perfect organization, um, but they would often get like really criticized for their handling of sex assault cases. I, I found when I was doing my initial reporting, and again, not saying that they are perfect by any means, but the level of scrutiny with all the different media markets and advocacy groups in this city, uh, they actually do do a lot of really good things. And when, when you got when you get out of these big media markets in these tiny little towns, that's where I was seeing like a lot of problems and hearing from, because I, I spoke to um, rape crisis center or officials from rape crisis centers and advocates across the country, um, like in I don't know well over a hundred different communities and talking to them about what was happening in their community, and that's where it was like you're hearing stories that are just crazy. Um, and this, because of that lookup tool, kind of empowered them to then have that information, that concrete data, this is not anecdotal, this is a black and white number, to then go have their local media or somebody report on it. So you, I was seeing like 
in addition to the Globe's reporting, you know, my Google alerts would come up and have all these little papers writing about the Globe's story and the unfounded rate in their communities. And it really snowballed very quickly that in the first week, um, all sorts of different police services were announcing that they were going to review all of these cases. Um, we had the Prime Minister, the Justice Minister, the Public Safety Minister, um, various departments make commitments around, um, you know, different training commitments and uh, wanting, you know, urging police to to kind of look at their practices. Uh, we wrote a piece about um, what's called the Philadelphia model. It's a, a system in the in Philadelphia where every year outside advocacy groups are invited in to review police sex assault files. So for the next year, the trick will be making sure that these commitments actually are followed through with, that there is money available for training, that there is, you know, concrete policy around these like really well-intentioned statements. Along with the data from police services, the Globe also interviewed 54 sexual assault complainants for the project. So that was where it kind of came into all right, we've, we're going to get the data, but we need to fill out. There's this, still this big black hole of what actually happens in a sex assault investigation. And that's where I turned my focus then to locating people who had reported to police, but who had not had their case go to court. And those people are very hard to find because there's no paper record of them. It's not like they get written about in the paper. It's not like you can go to a courthouse and kind of look at the cases that are getting thrown out before they go to a, a, a crown. So. Uh, I think it was important to kind of fill in a lot of the backstory of like why, I don't know if we can definitively answer this, but like why do we think some cases are being improperly unfounded? Beyond police data, researchers on sexual assault can also glean info from the victimization survey. It's conducted every five years by Statistics Canada asking respondents to self-report their experiences with different types of offenses, including sexual assault. Yet, reporters like Sarah Bozeveld say that relying on the survey as a journalist can be problematic, especially with a crime like sexual assault that does go underreported. Bozeveld is a senior writer at Chatelaine, who covered the Gameshi trial extensively. Bozeveld became familiar with the unfounded category, after Ottawa journalist Joe LaFaro reported on the issue in 2016. His work appeared in the Ottawa Metro. I actually don't think that people really were familiar with the term unfounded before Robin Doolittle's investigation of the Globe put it forward. Certainly a familiar concern and a term that people within the community who are working to end violence against women are familiar with. But when you go to the police, they have these categorizations that say, you know, yes, this is an active file. And, or, or no, this is something that we are going to deem unfounded, which really does mean we don't believe you. In a crime like sexual assault, it is often very private. It's one person's word against another's. And so it, it's just a really problematic classification. And, and so people, I think, need to understand that and wrap their heads around that. And I was really really glad to see some change come out some after after the investigation was published that other police forces were were revisiting their their classifications and and some of these these assaults that that have been classified this way law professor teresa scaza says that while the general public sees the occasional news report about sexual assault it's hard to communicate the true scope of the underlying institutional problems to the extent that sexual assault is 
understood in in terms of statistics, uh, a lot of that data comes from the police services. Um, but of course, statistics aren't aren't facts or aren't neutral in any uh, in any sense. They really depend on who's recording the data and how the data is being recorded. And that's part of the problem with the the whole uh, unfounded issue, uh, which is if something is recorded as a sexual assault, then it shows up as a sexual assault. If it's recorded as unfounded, then it disappears. And so part of the struggle that advocates have had is trying to understand how what the data around sexual assault actually are and uh, and, and trying to um, examine those issues and, and get at not only the real data around sexual assault, but also uh, understanding the systemic problems that go into how these cases are taken in, uh, handled, addressed, and, and ultimately disposed of by uh, police services. So, so the police services will produce data, but the question is how reliable is that data and what assumptions uh, or biases or uh, practices uh, other motivations, such as performance management, for example, uh, what what other things have gone into that into turning that data into what it actually is. Last week, as a part of the Unfounded series, the Globe published an opinion piece written by Skaza and her colleague Elizabeth Sheehy. Together, the two law experts called for greater transparency into how police handle unfounded cases. Sheehy spoke to the markup about the impact of Doolittle's work. No one has the research budget to do the kind of research that Robin Doolittle did. Um, you know, you ha- it, she had to go to 250 separate police uh, organizations and, and, you know, try to extract data through access to information requests. So the police are not necessarily amenable to those kinds of requests. It's um, quite difficult for researchers to use the access to information or freedom of information system very difficult to get complete data. And, you know, think of the investment of time. I mean, she was, it was a 20-month investigation. So, I mean, it's not the kind of research that would be easily replicated. For Doolittle, she's pleased with the impact of her unfounded investigation. It's really, there's little moments of, like, victories in journalism where people, they're saying, like, this is why we have to pay for news. This is, and, and, like, that is always, you know, makes you feel good as a journalist. You're like, yes, people get it. The Markup is a podcast from the Ryerson Review of Journalism, produced bi-weekly by Erica and Gao, Brennan Doherty, Dylan Freeman-Grist, and narrated by myself, Abby Plenner. The music used in this episode is Something Elated by Broke for Free. Be sure to look out for more content from us on rrj.ca. In the coming weeks, we'll be looking at the future of investigative journalism, sexism in the newsroom, and the fight for press freedom in Canada. Thanks for listening.